Welcome back to our discussion with Raquel Romero, a junior in the Walton College. My name is Allison Banks, and I'm the head tutor of the Business Communication Lab, and will be your host on this next episode of Walton Biz Talk. Today, Raquel and I shift our conversation to the topic of ESL students. So I know that you have friends and everything. <laughs> I'm sure you do. And going around the college, do you do you guys ever, I mean, this is a really geeky thing. I'm sure none of you guys walk up to each other and are like, hey, let's talk about communication. But do you guys ever discuss any sort of like worries or do you guys openly discuss assignments like, oh, I have this paper and oh, I have a paper like let and you talk about those things and what would be some things that like come up in those discussions? Mm-hmm. Well, definitely procrastination comes up a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we do. But a lot of times what comes up definitely is not understanding the assignment, mm-hmm. not knowing where to start or not knowing how to end or not really focusing on a subject, mm-hmm. on a topic, you know, because it's really easy to put a lot of words down on paper, but to say something with a purpose mm-hmm. is a little bit more challenging. Yeah. If the assignment is very hard to understand, things like that. So a lot of times something that we discuss is we don't really know where to start or we don't know what we're going to say or what we're going to talk about or what would this entail or what I want to talk about is very broad. How do I make it very specific Mm -hmm. and things like that? Yeah. Those are the big ones that we talk about. Okay. So what, what do you do when you come across those challenges? Like what is your, what is your process when you write? How have you been researching? How have you been overcoming these things? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times I'll read the assignment and I'll immediately go to the library, mm-hmm. which is very geeky. <laughs> Club Mullins. <laughs> Club Mullins. Um, I'll go to the library and use their like JSTOR, Google Scholar, mm-hmm. things like that, and look for academic literature that could find a topic for me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like if I, like for example, my colloquium class, we had to do an individual term paper about how our major relates to some aspect of corporate social responsibility. Mm -hmm. So to combine my triple majors, there is a ton of things that I could talk about. So I started with the government portion of corporate social responsibility, looked online and tried to see how power politics comes into play, how the relationship between government and business and things like that, and finding articles and finding things in, like finding a common theme in each of the articles that I read kind of formulated this little thesis for mm-hmm. me to write about. Mm-hmm. So then from there, I just start writing. And then when I need to do more research, I already have my topic. And then I'm able to find a specific article, specific articles that relate to my topic. Yeah. So that's my process mm-hmm. of how I usually go about it. If I don't know where to start, I just start reading. Um, And then something will. So I know after this interview, we're going to work on your cover letter. Yes. You sent me a draft of it and I've started reading it and everything. And it's really good. I'm not not about to sit here and be like, let's discuss how bad your cover letter is. No, it's really good. And I just wanted to ask you, so what was your process when you were writing your cover letter? Yeah. Okay. So I've never written a cover letter Mm -hmm. ever in my life. Um, so per Allison's advice (laughs) over here, 
I went to the Walton website and found a cover letter template, sort of. So that's what the Career Development Center puts out, yes. right? Okay. And it kind of showed how to go, how to format it, how to do like the first paragraph, second paragraph, third paragraph, and kind of make it holistic. Mm -hmm. In addition to having talked to my advisor about, you know, some things that you could add in there to, you know, just spruce it up a little bit Mm -hmm. and make it tailored more to you than your honors advisor. Yes. My honors advisor. Rachel. Rachel. Okay. Yeah. And then as I was writing it, I was looking back and forth at the little template that we got and trying to make sure that I touched those key bullet points that were set there and and in the same breath tailoring it to me and what I am applying for. Something that you brought up too was just like your your personal experience, mm-hmm. which is amazing, by the way. Um wish we could just do an interview about that. <laughs> um but what you have done and overcome and recognized through like lost in translation mm-hmm. and all the languages that you've learned and things that your family has gone through as far as communication barriers go, but people like me, like I'm a white girl. I'm <laughs> from like just a town over from Lincoln. Mm-hmm. You know, we had all the the slang and the yeehaws and whatnot. And so those lost in translation moments, they did happen every now and then. Like I said, my test that I took not too mm-hmm. long ago with the individual Um, I had asked my teacher about that, but what do you recommend for somebody like myself if I wanted to do international business, which I did actually at one time. I I was interested in it. I backed out, (laughs) (laughs) but I was interested initially. But if I had stuck on that path, what did you, what would you recommend for me to be able to understand that struggle, that barrier Mm -hmm. between myself, the white girl and whoever I might be communicating with from another region of the globe. Right. Well, I guess to put it as an example, you're more of an English person. Mm -hmm. Love, you know, like writing words, like that is your go-to. That's your cup of tea. But how I would explain it to you would be, imagine that I come to you and start talking to you and verbalize with mathematic terms. Like, oh, let's do the distributive property associative. Oh, look at the tangent. Let's take the derivative. You know, like... What? Like, what? (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. I don't understand. Yeah. It's that kind of barrier that you see. To me, it makes sense, and I'm being articulate in what I'm saying, but to you, it doesn't make any sense, and that's not the way that you understand mm-hmm. words. That's not the way that you need to understand. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, when you're interacting with people from different cultures, you need to take the time and the patience to slow down, mm-hmm. because what you're saying might make sense to you, but it's not translated, and it's not being received the right way. Mm-hmm. So... One of my best friends is from Bolivia. Mm -hmm. So I was, we were watching TV, we were watching a movie, and there was this guy wearing a wife beater, Mm -hmm. right? And I told her, I was like, oh, that is the most unattractive thing in a guy. And she kind of looked at me like, duh. Yeah. And then I was like, do you know what a wife beater is? And she was like, someone who hits the wife. Yeah, so she didn't understand <laughs> so she like didn't the understand clothing reference. That yeah. A wife beater was the clothing reference, you know, yeah. the tank top. And those kinds of things where to you it makes sense, but to someone who doesn't know, doesn't get mm-hmm. the culture, doesn't get the reference, things like that, you need to take the time to find a way 
to address them in a way that makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. So how would we be going about like talking to them? How would that be the best way? And how would we get students to like learn this aside from just being like, hey, you need to pay attention to these things? Right. I would say a lot of times international students are very shy, Mm -hmm. you know, especially in like giving a presentation in a language that you're not comfortable with. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not your first language Mm -hmm. while still trying to be articulate and getting your point across is very difficult. Yeah. So I guess, for example, I took intermediate accounting one this semester and there were several international students in my class and the test was very technical based Mm -hmm. like one of the questions was what is the pervasive criterion of something something I don't even remember of something (laughs) something you know but by using terminology like pervasive criterion Mm -hmm. is something no one uses the word pervasive in Mm -hmm. you know everyday English yeah so what my professor did was at the start of class he said hey there's some words on here that might be difficult to understand if you guys have any questions please come to the front and I will explain to you, you know, what the question's getting at and what that word means. Mm -hmm. And once that happened, when you came across those kinds of technical jargon, you would see students walking down to the front, you know, like, what does this mean? You know, walking back up, things like that. So that level of understanding that English isn't their first language, that Mm -hmm. this is, you know, very technical, things like that. Because this doesn't happen in every single one of your classes. Mm-hmm. Some teachers just, right. here some, you go. Mm-hmm. And that's something else that I've encountered. You know, a lot of times some students might be afraid if they have a question, you know, because of any reason. Yeah. You know? Well, it's not the most, like, grand moment to right. be like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to really admit that. Yeah. Even though it shouldn't be embarrassing at all. Mm-hmm. There's that taboo. Yeah. Surrounded it. But yeah, that's a really good idea. Now, when you come across students who, because I mean, I know we have, it's like a small portion of our students are international, a small portion are just like ESL, they're immigrants, Mm -hmm. and then we have a portion or a very, very large portion that are just a bunch of white kids. And a lot of times we're, you know, we're in the South, we have a lot of kids that either haven't really had a lot of interaction Mm -hmm. with other people Mm -hmm. or they don't really like understand the struggle. Right. And or and or they dismiss it and kind of think, well, oh, well, they're learning English like they'll figure it out Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So what are your tips do you have any tips or ideas or anything (laughs) on how can we kind of you know say hey pay attention to this hey this is something that you need to be looking at that we can do in a more academic setting aside Mm -hmm. from me like standing on a soapbox in the middle of the quad being like hey (laughs) pay attention be nice yeah I would definitely say just to say it out there you know these students who are immigrants ESL international students they're not dumb yeah you know and I feel like that's a stamina Mm -hmm. like oh you have broken English well you don't really know anything like to use a personal example my dad so Mm -hmm. my dad has a very thick accent Mm -hmm. but not to the point where he is under like you can't understand him Mm -hmm. but he has his doctorate Mm -hmm. you know he's a very intelligent person but sometimes just coming off the streets people hear of his accent they think oh 
you're very stupid. Oh, you don't know anything. Yeah. You know, but rather than going off of that stamina, going off of that stereotype. Stigma? Stigma. Stigma. Going off (laughs) of that stigma. um, And that stereotype, rather take the time to hear them, to work with them, because it's a very enriching moment when you do. Mm -hmm. So I'm a cross-culture mentor. So Mm -hmm. I help out with the international student orientation with the International Students and Scholars Office, and I meet students from all over the globe, literally all over the globe, except for Antarctica. (laughs) (laughs) But with interacting these students, I have had to break those stereotypic barriers that have been set. You know, because growing up here, you know, you're taught this is the way the world is. This is how we are. We are number one, and that's USA, USA, yeah, yeah. Right. like and there's a, a very strong like, ethnocentric right. thing. But interacting with people from different cultures, I've learned how, sure, there are bad people in this world. Sure, things are messed up, but that you can't put that label on everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And I've encountered countless times where that has been a slap in my face, where I met someone from a country where it's not, you know, ethically correct from the U.S. side to, like, interact with, you know. But she's one of the sweetest persons. So she's from Egypt. Mm -hmm. And she is one of the sweetest persons I've ever met in my life. And we are still really good friends to this day, you know. But upon first seeing her, I was very, like... Hesitant. hesitant. Yeah. You know, but for those students who grew up, you know, in their bubble, who grew up, who haven't had exposure to international culture, international people, I would definitely say just put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you break that barrier. Yeah. You know, you because they broke that barrier coming here, taking yeah. a chance. Meet them halfway. Meet them halfway. Break that yeah. barrier. Talk to them. Break that barrier. You know, yeah. interact with them. Thank you for listening to episode two of Walton Biz Talk. That ends our discussion with Raquel Romero, but our next bonus episode will be with another Walton student and her experience in the college. If you want to come visit us in person, you can find the Business Communication Lab in the Walton College of Business, room 118.